What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Merry Christmas, everybody. It is Sunday night, and it is Adam and Heath here talking about a big day of football and watching the little Cardinals Bucks as well. And for any of you joining us live, that's unbelievable. I mean, come on. You're, you're sitting here on Christmas night, hanging out with us. That's amazing. Thank you for being here. And for all of you who are listening, I know it's vacation time for you. We appreciate your dedication to the show. Good evening, Heath. Merry Christmas. How's your weekend been? It has been spectacular. Just full of Christmas cheer, overflowing. Very, very <laughs> blessed. Fortunate guy. Thankful for all that I have. Happy to be here. Couldn't wear red or green, huh? Um... You know, I guess I didn't. Yeah, that's all right. I got enough. My shirt's bright enough for <laughs> for all of us. It is very red. <laughs> very red shirt. All right. Um, call me Rudolph tonight. Whatever you want. Let's uh, let's get to it. So, geez, overall storylines. You know what? Why don't we talk about the weather here? Um, pretty low scoring games. Those outdoor games, huh? I think the weather probably had an impact. Yeah, I think like the the Brown Saints was gross, just as we suspected. Um, cold weather car came through or didn't come through <laughs> again another absolutely miserable performance from car um bills bears both fields and allens disappointing yeah yeah really bad and you know what i thought was interesting i, I mean allen allen actually ended up with a pretty good game but you know if you have josh allen you want the possibility of 35 40 like get weak winning week and he didn't have that but he didn't kill you fields obviously did uh, I thought it was a really interesting quote in the Lions-Panthers game. The Panthers running backs, I guess, were, were kind of feeling like the Lions just didn't want to tackle them. And Sam Darnold... Like as well. Yeah, right? Sam Darnold... No, Jared Goff said the field was like concrete. So just imagine on a cold day, playing on really hard turf. I, I think that's what happened with Derek Carr. Like, we joke a lot, but Derek Carr came out that first drive 
and look like it was 75 and sunny. Just zoom, zoom, zoom down the field. Yeah. And then he got hit, and it he, he was outside for a little while longer. And just the, after that first drive, he was it was one of the worst performances of his life. Yeah, it was really bad. He and if you didn't watch it, I mean, it wasn't just the stats that were bad. I mean, some of the inter, the interceptions he threw were just really off. It just wasn't throwing the ball well. All right, so let's uh, spin it positive here. Who's your biggest winner? Well, I think we have to say, even though he lost the game, Gardner Minshew showing that uh, once again. He is uh, a worthy starting quarterback in the NFL, 26 fantasy points. He's a worthy starting fantasy quarterback whenever he starts, and it leads right into our first Believe It or Not of the night. Believe it or not, it doesn't matter who starts for the Eagles in Week 17. Their quarterback should be starting for you in your fantasy championship. I, I was thinking about this because if I'm lucky enough to make it to the next round, I'll have to start Minshew again unless, of course, he doesn't play. Um, and I kind of don't think he's going to play just based on what they've been saying, but the Saints are a much different matchup than the Cowboys. I don't think the Saints can really score on the on the Eagles. So I don't know that you're going to need him to do that much. So I'm a little more concerned about it. I, I feel like, what was he, borderline top 12? Maybe, I don't know all the matchups and everything, you know, for week for week 17, but I, I'm not sure that you're going to need that much. They're going to need much from guard. I'm not as confident as him as I was against the Cowboys. Yeah, I had him eighth this week. I think he'll probably be closer to twelfth um, in the coming week, but he'll be a top twelve quarterback. Um, it's just like, why did you need to start him this week? Is Lamar Jackson back? Was that the reason? Maybe you're starting Lamar over him um, if Lamar is actually healthy. But um, it, it's hard to like. It's not as if you started Gardner Minshew this week and then you're going to find somebody else on the waiver wire. Oh no, no. yeah. Your team is an interesting one because you have half of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, you're going to beat me in that. I'm not going to make it in that league anyway. So. Oh, I don't. It's, it's still a very competitive matchup. It's been a seesaw game back and forth. There's no telling who's going to win. Aren't you like a 90% favorite? Uh, you were a pretty heavy favorite before the Rams game as well. Yeah, it can't. He, I mean, like you lose the Cam Akers, you just what do you do? You shrug your shoulders. You say, hey, you know what? We'll get him next year. No shame in losing to Cam Akers on a day like today. Um yeah, no, so so right. I wouldn't have to start him in that league. My other league, he was a Kyler replacement. In my other league, he was a Hurts replacement. So I'm not. That's Scott Fishbowl. I'm not making it there. Um, all right, Gardner Minshew's a winner. I think. Let Let me give a winner since Dave's not here. Let's talk about Cam Akers, um, who obviously had a terrific game, and uh, that was. I mean, I thought the Rams might win, but 51 to 14 and just a pathetic game by the Broncos and acres, 23 carries 118 yards and three touchdowns. You know, he's starting to, to be a, you know, a little, but he's not, he's not like going to blow the doors off the place and rip off 50 yard runs and be great, but he's starting to play a little bit better. And I guess give you a little confidence. He's looking a little more like he did at the end of his rookie year. In fact, I mean, his last six games, if he keeps this up, may end up matching what he did at the end of his rookie season. Um, but that's leads right into my second, believe it or not. Oh. We'll get these all out of the way in the first five minutes of the show. <laughs> believe it or not, Cam Akers should be drafted in the first five rounds of 2023 redraft leagues. Oh, man. I'm going to say... I'm going to say, I, yeah, I, right at the end. Yeah, I, th I think he probably will be. It depends on... Who, they're going to bring someone in. It won't just be him and Kyron Williams, but... Is it someone who's behind Williams, or is it someone who's clearly ahead of Williams, or someone who's battling? Um, it, it'll be an interesting offseason for them, but I would guess, based on where they're at with him um, and the way he's played in the last month of the season, that he will enter into next year as their lead running back. Yeah, he's, he's a bit uninspiring, though, isn't he? I mean, 
He's just never really shown explosiveness. He wasn't that good in college. Everyone blamed his offensive line. And, hey, his offensive line this year is even worse than it was in college. So maybe there's just something that has that's yet to be unlocked that's there. But yeah. has Cam Akers really shown us that he's any type of special player? He's shown us glimpses at times. In fact, I would say the last two weeks, I mean, 5.2 yards per carry over his last two games. He's keeps that up over a full season. He's one of the best running backs in football, right? Yeah. You know what he's got next week? I don't. <laughs> the team that's the worst per carry in the, in the Super Bowl era. <laughs> the Chargers. The Chargers next week. So there you go. Um, all right, big. Oh, look at this comment we have here on YouTube. Uh, Heath is giving me Anthony Kiedis vibes right now. I could feel that. Yeah, little chili peppers got the Kiedis hair. I have I have heard that before. Really? Um, yeah. You look like everyone. <laughs> it's really strange. Um, but I guess I just I'm a man of a lot of different looks. I guess so. Very versatile. Very versatile. Look at you should see his headshots. He could do a lot of different things, folks. All right, let's talk about the biggest losers from uh, from Fantasy Week. What the hell are we? Sixteen biggest losers. Sixteen. Uh, I remember when the week sixteen used to be the end of the season. Mm. Uh, anyway. The Titans passing game, pass catchers, Oconquo, Hooper, Traylon Burks, anyone whose job it is to catch passes on the Titans. They just have no passing game whatsoever with Malik Willis as their starting quarterback. I think Derrick Henry will still be fine, but um, just you can't even consider. I think you drop anybody in the Titans on the Titans besides Henry. And the, my biggest loser is the guy who's going to sink me in my fantasy semifinals. It's Aaron Jones, and I just have to wonder if he's still playing hurt because he they is, said on the broadcast that he was they did say that right they said he's still yeah. playing through a shin injury they said that's why patrick taylor was expected to get more work yesterday just wasn't right i didn't hear that about patrick taylor um but i mean you're seeing these obvious aaron jones situations and aj dylan's in so it's just a shame you know i i mean what did, did you know that he was hurt because i mean i thought he was a must-start no. guy yeah i uh, had him ranked as a top 10 running back i did not when they said that he's been, he's playing hurt, and they're going to get somebody else, a third back more involved, I was completely surprised by that. Yeah, and started him in, uh, I think two of my four, or three of five this week. So oh wow, that's a shame because I was thinking about it, and I feel like if there was a one average draft position that everyone on the show seemed to love the most, the best, maybe like our consensus best bargain, it was. It's probably DJ Moore, you know, when they got Mayfield and he was still a fourth or fifth round right. pick, but whatever. But that was everyone. That wasn't just Heath. But it was Aaron Jones, I think, was was another yep. guy that we just loved. And he was delivering. But this is a real love yeah, of He was RB11 coming into this week, and that was uh, it's a tough way to go out. Yeah, lump of coal. <laughs> okay. Uh, those are some winners and losers. We've got one more week left, and we've got a you know a pretty normal week in terms of our content. So uh, we'll have our we'll have our typical schedule, and um, just make sure the schedule next week is you know, fairly normal, right? No, there's yeah, no only no one Saturday. Thursday game, no Saturday games. Okay, yeah. So we'll just be a normal week, and um, we'll win you. We'll win some championships together. So tune in for our live stream on Tuesday night at eight. Our live stream on Thursday afternoon at two. Our live stream at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. 
uh, at all of them are there, and all of our podcasts are there as well. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today, but we have one Sunday morning at 1130. We had a big crowd uh, yesterday morning, which was really cool. So um, that was exciting, and we'll see you all there. Obviously, CBS Sports HQ, normal schedule as well, and a fake punt by the Cardinals, and it comes through. Good for them. Um, all right, news and notes. So Justin Fields hurt his foot. And he also said that his non-throwing shoulder was bothering him So during the game. Uh, it's something to keep in mind. At Detroit, you know, you, you couldn't ask for a better matchup for a, a passer. Another, Sam Darnold just scored 23 points. We're going to love Justin Fields, I'm sure, but let's hope he's healthy. Carson Wentz may start next week against the Cleveland Browns. It's a pretty interesting matchup. I don't know. It could be kind of a scrappy, ugly game. What does that mean for, uh, for uh, McLaurin and Dotson? Well, I mean, we're getting to the point to where I think you have to view Dotson as a borderline number two wide receiver, third consecutive game with a high target share for him. And I think he's a, a star talent. So if he's going to get that type of work, no matter who's playing quarterback, he's going to be a high end number three. Uh, McLaurin, for me, moves from that borderline one, two range with Heineke to a low end number two with Wentz, but I'm still probably starting him. Okay. I want to see one thing about Jahan Dotson here. His A dot. It was 12.7. Uh, it was 9.9 and 16.0 in the previous two games. 12.7 is good. 16, if he consistently did that, you'd be a little concerned about the boomer bust. But I think they use him very creatively uh, and not just a deep threat. Alvin Kamara left and returned. He had a knee injury. Travis Homer left, and you saw six catches for DJ Dallas. Um, so maybe that contributed to it. Let's see what else we got. Oh, Christian Watson. This was a big one here. Christian Watson was having a really good game. Five or six catches in the first half. Uh, very much featured, I would say. And he left at the very end of the second quarter and did not come back. He has a hip injury. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith both left with injuries. Henry was a knee. Jonu Smith was a concussion. Does that, I mean, Kendrick Bourne had a huge game for the Patriots. Does that matter that both tight ends are injured? Um, I'll boost up the target share for all those guys, but I still think you don't know whether which of the three or four it's going to be on a weekly basis. I'll probably start Jacoby Myers. Demarcus Robinson caught the first wide receiver touchdown for the Ravens since week three. Yikes. The Giants had two big injuries on their defensive line, Aziz Ojolari and Leonard Williams. Ojolari appears to be more serious, but he's optimistic about playing next week. Cornerback J.C. Horn for the Panthers. Uh, one of his teammates said he has a broken wrist. So he's that would be their second, you know, really good cornerback out for the Carolina Panthers, and they get the Bucks next week. Cincinnati right tackle Lyle Collins tore his ACL and his MCL. Tough break there. Jamal Williams hurt his knee, came back. Uh, Jacoby Myers had a big game. I don't know if you saw his touchdown. If you didn't, it was basically like a Hail Mary that was deflected into his arms. So lucky play there for Jacoby Myers. Two big injuries for the Raiders. They get the Niners next week, but uh, Chandler Jones left with an elbow injury, and Denzel Perryman, their middle linebacker, he left with a shoulder injury. Miami edge Bradley Chubb left in the first quarter. He did come back. Um, the Saints, remember last week, they had to put one of their starting guards on IR. They lost another one, Andrews Pete, to a, left leg, or to a leg injury. And they lost a safety, Justin Evans, to a shoulder injury, and they're at the Eagles next week. Philadelphia had two pretty big injuries as well. Nickel cornerback Avante Maddox and defensive tackle Jordan Davis. We've heard us a million times say how much better they are against the run with Jordan Davis. So that could be a blessing. For, well, I don't want to put it that way, but it could be obviously a good thing for Alvin Kamara. But let's hope Jordan Davis gets back on the field. All right. Um, we're not going to do winners and losers today in the traditional sense. We will just go through all the games. But first, let's take a look at the leaderboards in the top five at each position, Heath Cummings. And we start with... Quarterback, Dak Prescott, 33 points against the Eagles. 
uh, Kirk, I almost called, I almost called, I, Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins are the next two quarterbacks, and I almost said Jerk Cousins. But Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow, and then a tie for fifth between Gardner, Minshew, and Patrick Mahomes. So Prescott, Goff, Cousins, Burrow, Minshew, Mahomes. Oh, and Josh Allen, sorry. That's your top five with three guys tied for fifth. What do you All think? All those guys seem like great quarterbacks to me. <laughs> I think golf stands out, right? Road game, probably weren't expecting all that much, and he comes, goes out for 31 points. Kind of well, garbage timey. What, what did you think? Yeah, I was going to say, we did not expect the Carolina Panthers to rush for 500 yards against a defense that hadn't given up double-digit fantasy points to a running back since week seven. Uh, the Lions just got embarrassed in the first half and had to play garbage time football, and Goff did a very good job of that. But that's not the type of script that you would think is trustworthy from Goff. Um, he's had a good season. Yeah, but going into next week against the Bears at home, do you like him? I, I, I like him. I think he'll be a high-end number two quarterback for me, probably somewhere in that QB 14-15 range. Um, I, I get a little bit worried and I think it's worth saying like we have officially reached the point of teams that don't have anything to play for may rest guys they wouldn't normally rest. So I don't like hearing about Justin Fields multiple injuries and I wouldn't like golf near as much if Fields was not right. at 100% or not playing. Right. I get that. I was thought just like the Lions have plenty to play for but right you're talking about of course the Bears. Um, all right uh, running back leaderboard here. Our top five running backs in PPR. This is going into Sunday Night Football. Cam Akers, 33 points. Whee! Yeah. Saquon Barkley, eight catches. Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard both had career highs in rushing in this game. Uh, Deontay Foreman, Devin Singletary, and Alvin Kamara, and Derrick Henry tied with Kamara. So you have uh, top six of Akers, Barkley, Foreman, Singletary, Kamara. I mean, it was nice to see Kamara deliver on uh, what he was drafted to do for one of the few times this season. Derrick Henry, a real disappointment as a top five running back, not getting <laughs> 200 yards against the Texans, um, letting his fantasy managers down. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I think it's almost like a sigh of relief if you played against Derrick Henry and he only scored 18 fantasy points against the Texans. What a weird game. The, you know, the game started an hour late. It was just everything was. Heath and I are really tripped out right now. It's this weekend has played total mind games with me. Yeah, I I listen. I had a lot of stuff going on yesterday because right. my family flies out um, to go back home to Missouri to visit their fam other family. Right. Um. To this morning, so we had all of our Christmas stuff yesterday, and so I I crammed a lot of football and a lot of Christmas into one day. I. Did not ever catch the reason that the game started an hour late. It was a, there was a power outage. Power outage. Yeah, I don't know if it was at the stadium or just in the area, but right. yeah, it was a power issue. Uh, so. I mean, I knew that it started late. <laughs> right. and I'm like, I just didn't have the bandwidth to uh, go go search that out. Neither did they. So you know, <laughs> uh, why why is Schaefer here? Schaefer, it's Christmas, man. Go like go be go celebrate Christmas. We can handle this. Whatever you want. You have my permission to go have Christmas. Uh, I actually can't hear you. Like, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's weird. My audio just went out on you. Oh, all right. Well, okay. We're getting him off because that sounds bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you can. You should. It's not. You, you can't hear me anyway. 
<laughs> if you want to go have Christmas, you go ahead, man. Like we we got this, but we're now you're muted. This is great stuff. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right, Thomas. Don't worry about it. Uh, let's do our top wide receivers for fantasy week 16 here. Um, we've got, you want to guess? Um, Justin Jefferson. Number two. Number two. Jalen Waddle. Five. This feels like a really dangerous game to play the weekend of Christmas. Well, make, make, make a fool of myself. There were two real fast. There were two wide receivers in the same game that are top two. Like Justin Jefferson's tied with one of them, and then another one had 120 yards and two touchdowns. And um, a marquee whoa, game. I forgot to, uh, wait, are we talking about? Uh, no, he didn't have 122 touchdowns, but did Isaiah Hodgins make it? He had like uh, 25 seven. fantasy points, didn't he? He's wide receiver seven. Seven. That's disappointing. Uh, CeeDee Lamb and Devontae Smith. Mm, yes. Yeah, big games for them. So Lamb, Jefferson Smith had uh, 34, 31, 31 points. T. Higgins and Jalen Waddle. Uh, after that, I guess it's a little more interesting after that. Kendrick Bourne, Isaiah Hodgins, Jacoby Myers. Um, do you buy any of them? Uh, not really. Yeah. I mean, Hodges is playing well. He's He catches everything. That's his, the reputation he's building for himself. But, you know, you got the Colts next week. Probably more of a low-scoring game. Fewer Definitely passes. more of a low pass attempt game. Right. Um, what did you think about basically all three Eagles options doing well, Goddard and the two receivers? Well, I mean, how many times do they throw the ball 40 times when Jalen Hurts is playing quarterback? Right. I think that's the biggest thing is like if they have 35 to 40 pass attempts, it's no problem at all for all three of those two guys to be good. Now, I think what the interesting thing is, is that Devontae Smith, and he was one of my biggest winners, it's not just that he was able to survive with Dallas Goddard back. He was by far the best fantasy option. He yeah. had the most targets. He had the most catches. He had the most yards, and he scored the only two touchdowns. He, you know, Trayvon Diggs was basically on A.J. Brown much of the game. Brown would move into the slot, and Diggs didn't follow him there, but that was the matchup, and Brown was, you know, Brown won the matchup. But I do think a lot of times you see Trayvon Diggs on A.J. Brown, you throw away from him. But Devontae Smith is emerging right now. I mean, if he wasn't, if we didn't already know what he was, he's really good. <laughs> Super duper star. You just start them and accept Not the fact. Not too skinny. Right. You you start them and you accept the fact that one of them may have a bad game, and that's just reality. Um, yeah, I was watching the game with Eagles fans, actually, and mm. uh, my, one of them was saying, if you have a kid that, you know, has any doubts about what he or she can do, because of physical limitations, you show him Devontae Smith. Does he look like a great... doesn't look like he'd be a great NFL wide receiver. That That's true, but he also has physical gifts that your kid yeah. doesn't have. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Like, uh, I mean, all right, well, let's take a look then at our top five tight ends for... You want to guess who number one? Not, you not at all. Uh, Travis should, Kelsey. No, come on. There's, there's, there was one tight end that went absolutely bonkers this week. Well, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby's number two, with tied with Kittle. Tyler Higby had like 400 fantasy points today. TJ Hawkinson, 13 he catches. He also went bananas. Uh, 13 catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. George Kittle and Tyler Higby have 30 points. Shane Zilstra caught three touchdowns. And he's tight end four. This had to be the best tight end week of the year. Holy cow. <laughs> four tight ends with 25 points. I've never seen anything like that. that that's insane. Evan Ingram with 18 points is tight end five. Kelsey was a bomb at tight end six. 
Hawkinson, Kittle, Higby, Zilstra, and Ingram. What do you think? Um, it's been really nice to see George Kittle the last two weeks perform so well with Brock Purdy. Um, Hawkinson's an interesting guy because he has had, what was this, three, maybe four games over the last two years where he's scored 25 fantasy points and then so many underperforming games. But he right. is the boom tight end. Hey, Schaefer, I'm going to give you a, an assignment if that's cool. I thought that you just fired him. No, he's here. I'm going to send you a link. Uh, and <laughs> go ahead, take a look. Just change the URL to the to week by week and see how many 25-point tight ends we've had all season because we had four in week 16. How many, no, how many non-Kelsey okay. 25-point games we've had? Andrew's I'm had a few s- of them, but... Eight? Okay, eight. I'm going to say non-Kelsey, so, I'm going to say... Hawkinson had the one against Seattle. Yeah, Ingram had uh, one... Recently, Jason Hill. Oh yeah, had at least one. All right, I'll take uh, I'll take seven. Seven. Okay. Do you want a PPR or non PPR? The link PPR. I gave you is PPR, so okay. Yeah, so that should work. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna go through the games when we come back on fantasy football today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And welcome back to your Week 16 recap here. And we talked about some of the highlights. Let's talk about everything else right now. Buffalo 35, Chicago 13. We were worried about this game. You know, Josh Allen had a late touchdown that got him up to 26 points, but obviously just didn't play very well. 15 of 26, 172 yards. And by the way, is there a more, is there a more like, of course, hashtag of course, than Gabe Davis catching a touchdown in this game? (laughs) No, no, you cannot predict Gabe Davis. You can only rank him as a high-end wide receiver three. Crazy. Never never try to guess what he's actually going to do. I thought it was more interesting, and I don't even know how to frame this into a believe it or not. Um, but believe it or not, you could start Devin Singletary and James Cook next week. I don't I don't think so. I mean I I thought I, I was so. so dumb for a full twenty four hours for sitting James Cook for Cam Akers. I thought <laughs> I'd thrown away my perfect season by starting James Cam Akers over James Cook. Now, I don't I don't know what to make of James Cook. His his workload every week is so unpredictable. He had 11 first he's getting, his, his efficiency is incredible. Yeah, he's good. He's really explosive, but he's got four catches in his last 3 games since that 6 catch game. Um and this game was just they couldn't throw. So they obviously I think they came out in the second half and said we got to run the ball. They ran the ball. Um Anyway, no, I'm not going to believe it, Heath. They got and they got the Bengals, who just are terrific against the run right now. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, other things from this game. Do you make anything of Stefan Diggs right now, crushing his managers three straight games with fewer than 11 PPR fantasy points? I just think we really underestimated Josh Allen's elbow. Is probably the most likely thing, especially with him on the injury report this week. You know, it could be a little cranky. And yep. the Chiefs keep putting pressure on them, so they can't sit Josh Allen, unfortunately, if they want to get that one seed. That's a monster game on Monday Night Football. What is it? 
The Bills uh, game? Bills, Bengals. Oh, Bills. Oh, that's Monday night. Oh. No, but I feel like nobody's, and this may not be true, but I feel like nobody's talking about the Bengals as real contenders. I think yeah. they're better than they were last year. I don't know. Well, they need to be because they were never going to pull that off again. Right. They weren't. That was a pretty weak Super Bowl we had last year, but the Bengals are, are very good. Um, all right. On the other side of the ball, I guess no real threat from Khalil Herbert. He only had six carries in Montgomery with how many catches in his last three or four games? Is it three, three, four? Just three or four catches seems like every week now for Montgomery. That's a big and, development. It's difficult because I think, listen, we don't know where Dave Montgomery is even going to be next year. Next year. But it's such a low number of pass attempts, but there's no wide receivers on the team. Right. So he's kind of their best pass catcher. All right. So he's uh, coming through for you. And he had an almost touchdown as well. Well, that fumble really hurt. Yeah. yeah. Cole Komet, another disappointing game. Maybe we go back to him next week in better conditions against the Lions. Um, Baltimore 17, Atlanta 9. Uh, Drake London is a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. How about insert rookie wide receiver here as a top 12 dynasty wide receiver? Well, no, we just talked about it. Look at the top five this week. Those are all young star guys who are not rookie wide receivers. There's a lot of guys who could be ranked ahead of the rookies. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Look at Schaefer in the comments. What happened? Eight tight ends with 25 hey. plus points before this weekend, not including <laughs> Kelsey. <laughs> nice thank guess. you. Thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Drake London's great, and, you know, uh, he's against Baltimore. I mean, 96 yards against Baltimore, that's really impressive. But how about Tyler Algier? I mean, he's a huge winner, right? 18 carries yep. for him, and how many for Patterson? Eight. Did he catch all four of his targets again this week? He caught four passes. I don't know how many targets he had. I got to look that up because he, he, he had caught 100% of his targets coming into this game. Oh, wow. Yeah, Algier's really uh, really arriving oh, in Arizona. Four <laughs> Arizona next week. So, I mean, you could start talking about him as a top 15 guy. You probably have to back off of that, but next week yeah. against the Cardinals, that's a, that's good stuff. Start of the week? Start of the week. Yeah, uh, I, I, mean, I would be starting him over both of the Bills running backs next week. Speaking of start of the week, it, you know, Dobbins, really disappointing. 12 carries, 59 yards. There's nothing wrong with that efficiency, but Gus Edwards, they kind of rode Gus Edwards, I think. He got hot. And that was one I didn't see a lot of that game. I was actually worried. Dobbins, Dobbins didn't get banged up, right? Not that I'm aware They just of. went to Gus when Gus got hot. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. It's a shame because last week, Gus Edwards had almost no role. He had, well, I shouldn't say that. He had 11 carries. Dobbins had, uh, no, no. No, I was right. Last week, he had, what, seven carries at Cleveland. And Dobbins had 13 so to see Edwards have one fewer than Dobbins this week was disappointing. It's going to make you, you know, question it next week. Hopefully Lamar Jackson's back against Pittsburgh. Cincinnati 22, New England 18. Uh, believe it or not, Ramondre Stevenson fooled you. I don't know what to make of this game, man. The catches are down the last couple weeks. Uh, this was a bad game against the great run defense, but. I mean, it is a great, great run defense. Um, but the catches disappearing and him, the efficiency falling apart. It's like, I don't know what to view him as next year. Do you think he's surefire workhorse guy? But no, but last week he had 19 carries for 172 yards and a touchdown, you know, this week, 13 for 30. Right now, 50 of those came on the last play, right? 
I don't know if it was 50, but it was a big run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he still had a good day. Yeah. I feel like he's earned earned the trust, but he gets another tough matchup with Miami. Are they going to throw to him is really the question, because even when he was having some bad rushing games, you know, he was getting that pass. Well, we goal. keep thinking Damian Harris is going to come back. True. What do you think? I, uh, Tyler Algier against the Cardinals or Ramondre Stevenson against the Dolphins? I lean Algier at the start. Okay. All right, let's see. What else from this game? For the Bengals, Mixon. That was encouraging. He didn't play more snaps. He's still in the 60% range, but seven catches. 16 carries, 65 yards, seven catches for 43 yards. So that was good stuff. How much do you trust him against the Bills? Uh, I'm starting Mixon for sure. Okay. No doubt about it. Carolina 37 and Detroit 23. Uh, Believe it or not, we're done with Jamal Williams. It's not going to be a thing next year. Whatever this was for the first 12 games of this year is never going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah, I believe 100%. that. Uh, number two, <laughs> Deontay Foreman and or Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard will matter next year. Chubbard. Oh, man. I don't think so. I don't either. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, all right, let's talk about DJ Moore. He's finishing strong. And, you know, I, I liked more. I think we all probably liked more. I'm guessing for similar reasons. We're probably <laughs> expecting they wouldn't be able to run the ball because nobody has against the Lions. Right. And they'd throw the ball more. Right. And you'd get a lot of targets. Well, you yeah, 22 pass attempts from Sam Darnold. And DJ Moore still had five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. So that is now... Seven or fewer targets in seven straight games, but two really good games in a row and three out of four. So he's got uh, the Bucks on the road next week. Must start wide receiver against the Bucks this week? Championship on the line? I don't think so. Close. Must start to me is more like a, you know, a top 15 guy. I don't think he's going to make it that high. Yeah. But he'll probably be around 24 again, I assume, right? That seems about right. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I feel he good for you. He is currently wide receiver eight in the fantasy playoffs. Well, oh, as in the last two weeks? Yeah. There you go. One spot behind Jahan Dotson. What about DJ Chark? DJ Chark, we thought he'd be bad against the Jets. Um, he comes back and has, uh, sorry, uh, four catches for 108 yards on five targets. I'm probably always going to be one of the lower guys on these types of guys. Um, and it's not, it's a little bit different than the Tyler Lockett thing. Cause he was like a seven, eight target guy. He, his efficiency is just out of this world. And I think there's a real good chance that he gives you four for 50 next week without a score. Yeah. You know, I think it's like, uh, kind of like Darius Slayton where Slayton every week was catching a deep pass, you know, and, or Donovan Peoples Jones. And if you don't get it and you know what you're getting. All right, next up we have Houston 19 and Tennessee 14. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the extended cut. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I guess we should we should talk about it because he did score 13 fantasy points. Believe it or not, Brandon Cook's fantasy career is not over. Uh, yeah, I believe that. I think it'll be 30 next year. I'm Late generally of the opinion that at this age, when a guy shows you a season like this, you should believe him. He'll be a 10th round pick. Yeah. You know what was encouraging in this game, though? If you got if you have him 
and you're thinking about him next week at the Jaguars, which is a great matchup for everyone not named Zach Wilson. He had nine targets. Now, he didn't have a huge game. Four catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. He was the only player on the team with more than four targets. You never know how that's going to go from week to week, but at least the clear number one guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how about Royce Freeman? You know, you're not going to sneeze at 16 carries, <laughs> 32 yards, but 16 carries, Jaguars next week, Royce Freeman, anyone? No. Okay, no, all right. No, no. All right, next game is the Saints and the Browns. New Orleans 17, Cleveland 10. Oh, man, another just absolutely gross game. Um, believe it or not, you shouldn't draft Browns because these types of games happen in Cleveland in the fantasy playoffs. I guess it's the third year in a row we've had just an awful, awful weather game in Cleveland, right? I don't recall last, last year. year. Or was it two the year before The then? year before, the Baker Mayfield thing, yeah. But that was in the middle of the season. This was the coldest game in Browns history, Browns stadium history. Gross. Um, I mean, should we say the same thing about Kareem Hunt? We did Brandon Cooks? Yeah. Is he going to have fantasy relevance again, ever? Where, yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I was a little, I was pretty disappointed with him. I thought he'd get something like ten carries and do something with. It. That's the other thing; he's not he, doing anything with them. He's not earning more touches at all. Right. No, and he will turn twenty-eight before next season. Uh, yeah, he's he's up there. Um, how about okay? So how about Amari Cooper? This was a pretty big surprise. Deshaun Watson ended up throwing for. 135 yards, and basically half of them went to Cooper. More than half, 72 yards. His best game by far with Deshaun Watson, and of course it comes in one of the worst weather games. So how much faith are you going to have in Omari Cooper next week? Uh, they have wa Florida Washington on the, on the road. Nope. No? No. Um, Najoku? Awful. Yeah, I, like we shouldn't be surprised when anybody anybody right. in this game didn't have a good day, right? I mean, that's the, that's the hard part. That's and it's like it's not like you don't want to say anything about it, but what do you take from a game that's played in elements that are not similar to what we're going to see the following week? Hopefully, right? Any thoughts on Camara? Like I Hill. said, I think it's it's nice that they've given him over the last couple of weeks such a high concentration of the rush attempts. I mean, Taysom Hill still had nine carries for 56 yards, but I, I think you can count on 20 rush attempts. It's just you're hoping that he catches a few passes as well. Just been a couple the last couple of weeks. I think Camaras could be a trap next week against the Eagles. I just feel like the Eagles are going to blow them out, and you know, you need you need a close game or he's not getting those 20 carries. And I don't want to be the YPC guy, but his YPC has been bad for two years now, and now he's going to be maybe down two starting guards. So I, that's, that scares me a little bit, Heath. Yeah, I, I agree completely. All right. I think that's pretty much it for this game. Kansas City 24, Seattle 10. You know, I don't think you were part of this conversation. Maybe Yes, you were. You were. Remember, I was so upset with myself for not seeing Geno Smith available on waivers mm -hmm. and ending up, <laughs> ending up with Gardner Minshew. And, yep. you know, part of me said, okay, Adam, you've been playing fantasy for long enough. You know how this stuff works. Just, like, wait till Sunday before you freak out. And Geno stunk 13 points on 40 pass attempts at the Chiefs. And, again, you know, not favorable conditions. It wasn't, like, 
it wasn't like Chicago or, or Cleveland, but it was super cold and it's just not good and no locket, but still it was a bad performance. And I think especially with the Jets coming up, it's easy to have your doubts about Geno Smith. It, it is. I mean, it was basically just DK Metcalf in this game. Marquise Goodwin was there, did not catch a pass, left the game injured. It came into the game with a wrist injury. I didn't even know it was as bad as it was, and then left with that injury and then tried to come back again. He had very little help at wide receiver. But Geno, over the last couple of weeks, just hasn't quite looked as willing to pull the trigger. And you hope that he's not playing himself out of the contract that I thought that he had earned in the first half of this year. But it's hard to have a whole lot of confidence in him going into next year until you see what type of contract he gets. Um, I thought... The believe it or not was that you should not count on Jarek McKinnon this week because you totally got bailed out by a touchdown the past week. I mean, this is one thing that I feel sort of right about, you know, and because and I only say that because I don't feel right about much these days. But I was not I was definitely the low guy on McKinnon. I don't know actually know where you were because I remember talking about him with David. Yeah, Jamie. I was high end number two running back, like top 15. Yeah, I was more like 20. And we'll see what happens because right now I said I would start Fournette over him. And so far that looks terrible, but. I just kind of felt like they're the same 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 catches I would expect and probably a better chance for a touchdown for Fournette. But, yeah, I, I just felt like McKinnon was playing in a way that was not sustainable. And what did he have? He had about a 10-yard touchdown catch, and I don't know, man. He's just not going to keep finding the end zone. That's six touchdowns in his last four games. Yeah, and we only saw four games from Clyde, I think, or he might have had five. Um, and it was four games from Hardman, so I don't know who it's going to turn into now. But that's been – no, I – I still think, especially against the Broncos, the team that he started this stretch again, right at 30, 32 fantasy points, most people are going to start him this week. But I thought it was very encouraging for Pacheco because they did not shy away from him at all after the fumble last week. He was right back in his normal role. The Broncos looked really good today, Heath. I, I don't know. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Yikes, man. But just... I, I It's hard to even... like. I don't ever want to say guys quit. But that defense has played so well all season long. And to see Russ throw those two interceptions right at the start of the game, I think he just broke their back. Maybe. So as far as Juju goes, this was a really bad game for him. And he had been basically like a lock for 16 or more points uh, when healthy, when not limited. And three catches for 27 yards. But you look at Heath the last two times where, where he had a pretty bad game. It was a low, it was a low passing output game for Mahomes. Right, 224 yeah. yards in this game, and I don't remember what it was a few weeks ago, but it was somewhere in the 240 range or whatever. Um, so I, I, I don't maybe not against Denver. I'm not sure, but I, I feel like you know you should probably trust Juju. I, I wish the game had mattered a little more because it may have been one of the sports photographs of the year. Did you see the picture of Mahomes diving diving for the pylon for his rushing touchdown? No, it's just it's a fan. You, you just got to go find it. It's a fantastic it picture. And he came over to the sideline laughing about how close he was to being out of bounds um, on the touchdown. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. Okay. <laughs> it's fun. There's a lot of pictures of him diving for touchdowns, it seems, or diving uh, available on the internet. So, okay. You know, one other angle that's interesting just for next year, by the way, good stuff from Ken Walker, 26 carries. Uh, Gino is an unrestricted free agent, and right now the Seahawks, even though they're in the thick of the playoff race, they have the third pick in the draft. They have Denver's pick, and that could... It could I, I guess they're still alive for the first pick, although I'm not sure, because they beat Houston. They'd have to lose out, and Houston would have to win. Oh, no. Yeah, they're still alive for the first pick. Houston's 2-12-1. and one. 
But if they have a top three pick, I can't imagine they're not drafting a quarterback. That doesn't mean they wouldn't bring back Geno, but um, yeah, anyway. Something yeah, to keep I, an eye on. I'm, I'm afraid that... I mean, we've had some, we got some guys playing right now, and Geno's got to be ahead of Baker, but Baker's playing his way into maybe getting another opportunity next year. Yeah, maybe. Gardner Minshew's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He just reminded everyone that he's the best backup quarterback in the NFL. Um, <laughs> be a lot of guys angling for jobs. Giants uh, will have plenty of options. Giants, speaking of them, they're our next game. Minnesota 27, Giants 24. Uh, Daniel Jones with a good game, twenty-two point eight points. Kirk Cousins was terrific. Uh, this was a this was a very good fantasy game and a really good NFL game as well. And if you're the Giants, you're hoping that you see the Vikings again. If you do, in fact, make it to the playoffs, they're a lot easier than the 49ers, That's for sure. Uh, anyway, uh, Minnesota twenty-seven, Giants twenty-four. You should start every single Packers pass catcher you can find against the Vikings next week. Yeah, with Watson with Watson injured, it's really interesting. I mean, Dobbs and if anyone dropped Lazard, it's interesting. But Roger yeah, I look, it's a difference and it could be a, you know, freaking cold game in Lambeau in December. So that's that part of it. Rogers. No, it doesn't it, not necessarily, but um I'm I don't know. I'm not sure I quite believe that. I I think Dobbs and Lazard are both in that uh Especially if there's no Watson. They're both in starting range. It looks like he doesn't have legs. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay, that, it's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty interesting picture. Um, I'm looking at the Mahomes picture. Sorry if anybody's wondering what the hell I'm talking about. Richie uh, James. Yeah, what do you think about Hodgins and James and Slayton? It's frustrating because what we'd like to see is for Darius Slayton to be the clear number one wide receiver on the team and the guy that we can definitely start every week and the other guys to just kind of bounce around. Um, and that was not the case in this game at all. In fact, they got, got in Slayton's way just a little bit. Um, I, I'm not going to feel confident. I think I might be playing against Richie James in the championship in one league, but I'm not going to feel confident starting either one of those guys. Yeah, I think you're in good shape if you're playing against Richie James in the championship. Uh, let's check the route depth for Darius Slayton because that is something that I talked about. It was actually way up in this game. It had been down in three of the last four games as they were kind of getting the ball out quickly. And um, perhaps they had faced Dallas, Philadelphia, and Washington in those three games. And those are three of the four top pressure rate teams in the NFL. So maybe that had something to do with it. But Slayton wasn't running downfield routes as much. He was back up in this game. He had a good game. He didn't catch a deep ball. He had a catch and run. But, you know, it, it is kind of a shame. You just don't expect the Giants to throw the ball 40 times typically and probably won't have to do it against the uh, Colts. For the Vikings, I mean, there's like Thielen is like Cooks, right? You're not going to. Yep. Yeah, probably okay. done. What about Dalvin Cook? What a disappointing game against the Giants. 14 carries for 64 yards and three catches for 13 yards. And a semi, like, it's been a semi-disappointing season for Dalvin Cook, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, another guy who will be 28 going into next year. I hope you sold him in Dynasty. What about next week at Green Bay? You're starting him. Algier or Cook? Cook. Okay. San Francisco 37, Washington 20. Help me out here. Okay. Um, Brian Robinson is a must start against the Browns next week. Yeah, I think I believe that. I'll buy, I, I believe it. Right. You, you simply I, cannot judge anyone on what they do against the 49ers, especially a running back. He's a must start in non-PPR. I wouldn't quite call him must start in full PPR. 
Um, Jahan Dotson is a top 20 dynasty wide receiver. Uh, I think so. I, I think, and I said this before the season, like I think there's a chance a year from now, Jahan Dotson's the best wide receiver on the commanders. Man, this is a great landing spot for a quarterback. With those this and Detroit both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I want to just, just say on Robinson, Antonio Gibson only had five carries. Robinson had 22. The gap yeah. just keeps getting wider. And unlike J.K. Dobbins, he's not a 15-carry guy. He's, he's 18 or more in four of his last six games. And they should be able to run the ball against the Browns. On the other side of the ball... I think, you know, Kittle being a tight end and having two enormous games in a row, there's not even a question you're starting him. But what about Ayuk? He finally had a good game. It was five catches for 81 yards, but only seven targets. I don't think I want to go back to him. It's a, probably a flex in a three-wide receiver league still for me. Pass attempts in the four games for Purdy. 37, that was the game he did not start. 37, then 21, 26, and 22. And Brock Purdy... Did you see this stat? I think he's the second quarterback ever to start his career with three straight wins and multiple touchdown passes. Really? Who was the first? In his starts. Honestly, he may have been the first. But if there was one, it was a long time ago. Okay. I'm going to see if I can find that stat. He's been pretty good. (laughs) Dallas 40, Philadelphia 34. So we did the Eagles with Minshew. Um, Believe it or not, you should consider... Sitting Tony Pollard in a non PPR league. Oh, this Tennessee. is this is a great question. I mean, what do we think about? I, I I'll just I'm not gonna do the believe it or not. What do we think about um, the Cowboys running backs next week against the Titans? Well, Ezekiel Elliott's gonna score a touchdown, but he might score a touchdown and still score fewer than ten fantasy points. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're gonna have any luck running the ball like they want to with Zeke between the tackles. So I am hopeful that like this game against the Eagles, there will be five plus catches for Tony Pollard and he can still be a good start for you. But I don't think this is a Zeke game. It, uh, yeah. So Albert is telling me, I just looked it up. Albert in our chat is telling me the other quarterback was Dan Marino. So the stat I'm seeing here was, uh, he's the first quarterback. He's the second quarterback since 1950 with at least two touchdown passes and a passer rating of 100-plus in each of his first three career starts. I think the other thing that I think is true is they it won, they won and had two touchdown passes in each of their first three starts, and it was Marino and Purdy. So that's good company. Um, yeah, I mean, you think about this game against the Titans, it's a desperation game for the Titans, but they're going to get killed with Malik Willis I mean, in all likelihood. Of course, we thought the same about the Texans against the Cowboys a few weeks ago. Uh, but... The Titan, yeah, like it is going to be tough, I think, for the Cowboys to run. The problem, I mean, Pollard, I'm so sick and tired of seeing seeing him coming off the field at the one yard line for Zeke. Yeah, but Zeke scored in eight games in a row now. Uh, believe it or not, Dalton Schultz is not a must start tight end. Yeah, I I don't know what else to say at this point. I don't see a reason why he can't have a good game, so I think he's pretty much a must start. But it's all it's weird. It's like okay with Mark Andrews. If Tyler Huntley were his quarterback again next week, I wouldn't really feel like Andrews has any upside. I just I would feel like there's a very slim chance of him having a good game. Right. I still think there's a decent chance that Dalton Schultz can have a good game. But he's basically had like one in his last five, right? Yes. He's been. But awful. I guess it's one more than Andrews. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry, two in his last five. 
Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Dalton Schultz has fewer than seven points in four of his last six games. So two in his last six. One in his last four. Okay. Good games. Okay, anything else from this game? I don't think think we're good. Uh, Pittsburgh 13, Las Vegas 10. The Raiders could legitimately replace Derek Carr at quarterback this offseason. Yeah, I think so. What's their pick now, like eighth? Let's see. Ninth. You're pretty good today. And they've got the 49ers and the Chiefs left. So that's probably <laughs> only only going to get better. Yeah. There's a chance they could be, you know, sixth, something like that. Um, and I don't believe they actually owe my, Derek Carr guaranteed money after this year. I'd love to see him on the Giants. Do you think, you know, you asked this last week and Dave and I were like, nah. It was believe it or not, Derek or Devontae Adams has a target problem basically with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller back. No, he was closer to like they only threw thirty passes in this game, I think. So yeah. he was closer to that thirty three percent target share that we've come to expect from him. It's just and you don't want Derek Carr on the Giants. We just talked a whole week about cold weather carr. Aaron <laughs> will start him at, at home for the last month of the season. Yeah, it's not so. It's not like Chicago in uh in New Jersey, but uh true, true, that that is true. That the extra week of the season is just a terrible thing for Derek Carr. That was, yes, uh, that was really, a bad really awful. For um, yeah, I mean, Adams had nine targets, two games in a row. How, I mean, this is crazy for a guy who was just winning you week after week, thirty point, thirty point, thirty Him and point. Diggs both. Yeah, but this is two straight games with nine targets for Adams, and he co- combined forty three yards in his last two games. And and yeah, so Diggs and Adams have both had three straight games with fewer than eleven PPR fantasy points. Well, and I think that's the one thing that makes the Derek Carr discussion so interesting is because he chose the Raiders because he wanted to play with Derek Carr. Was one season of that enough for him to say, well? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's crazy. Um, Darren, you know, Darren Waller, <laughs> last week he had 48 yards and a touchdown on three targets. This week he, he caught four of his five targets for 58 yards, and he still hasn't played half the snaps yet. 49% and 40%. So that's great that he's able to do that on on such limited snaps. Are they ever going to, the rest of the year, are they going to keep him like this? I have no no idea. Well, he plays 49ers next week, and then the fantasy season's over. So So is he a sit next week? I think he probably is. Okay. Um, Pat Frymuth got back. That was good. Uh, See Kenny Pickett, and then Deontay Johnson goes. He got 11. That's what he is with Pickett. That's what he is, 11. He's 16 with uh, Trubisky. All right, that's it for that game. How about the Sunday games? The Packers with a huge win. Great chance. They have a real chance to make the playoffs here. 26-20, Packers over the Dolphins. What do you got? Uh, believe it or not, the Dolphins could replace Tua Tagovailoa this year. No, no, no. No? <laughs> I don't think so. He made some of the worst decisions, and he hadn't had a turnover problem all season long. Yeah. It just seemed like they fooled him. I don't know what the—I mean— Yes, it did seem that way. The, the, the throw to Tyreek Hill, the second interception, just seemed to sail on him. But he tries very difficult throws, I think. Yeah. He's, he takes a lot of sh- risks, and they're always in the middle of the field. And there's six defenders around them. <laughs> and then, like, the throw he made to, to Waddle for the long touchdown was a, was a great throw. Yeah. But if he's a little bit off, it could be intercepted. You never know. You can't start any Dolphins running backs in the championship. They're playing who? The Bills? The Patriots? They are playing the Patriots. Yeah, I would and say. And we are back to an unknown split. 
Yeah, I believe and that. And Shafee T thinks Tua stinks. Really? Yes. All right, Ebenezer, you can you can come you can come on the show if you can get your your computer to work. No, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Mm. You're having mic issues. <laughs> two and on has him silenced. Nope. <laughs> two and on. Two, two and on is not letting you. You got him now. Yeah, we got you. We got him. If a designed play that uh, McDaniel's set up where, you know, two doesn't have to read the, the defense, you know, he's he knows he's throwing the ball to Waddle. He can't read a defense. He panics and can't throw the ball unless these plays are already like designed. And I think, you know, defenses figured this out, you know, his first like six, seven weeks were amazing, but you know, it's week 16. The defense is no, you know, they've, they're sort of on, they're sort of onto Miami's tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the way I put it was that Mike, and I was going at it from a different angle, but Mike McDaniel is that guy who just starts killing everyone at Madden because he's mastered three plays. (laughs) <laughs> and then when he plays somebody that knows how to stop those three plays, he doesn't have a chance. Exactly. And that Waddle touchdown is the one play that you can't stop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, all the guys are set up to block. That's a one read throw, in my opinion, that it's, you know, set up, run after the catch. Maybe touchdown. it could be. He doesn't really, obviously he doesn't have great arm strength. So you're not going to see him throw from one hash mark to the other sideline often. He's throwing over the middle all the time. And I do think, you know, teams have adjusted. Um, and he had a terrible game. So uh, do, do you start him next week at New England? I'd rather not. Uh, just depends, you know, who your other options are. I would look for someone else, honestly. You know I, the Packers I, are going to beat the Vikings, right? I I got... Uh, I mean, we are we are underdogs, so... Really? Expecting a loss, so... Okay. I got so many questions this week, and I want to apologize for them for not being true to myself. Uh, well, no, I was, but so many questions, Tua or Minshew, Tua or Minshew. And I really thought, okay, you guys are taking this Minshew thing a little bit too far. We're not starting him over Tua. Um, you should have. I wish you had. And if you still had that choice this week and Hertz is out, I think it's probably Minshew. Well, okay, so if in Tua's defense... He doesn't usually throw these types of interceptions. I mean, that was that was really. No, I bad. just worry about at New England. There's no telling what the weather will be like. Yeah, he, well, right. We can adjust to the weather. Yeah, yeah. But if it's bad in New England, it's probably not going to be great in Philly. But five interceptions this season. Those things are they're, they're a good distance. Apart. They they are, they are. I said it. and I didn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> five interceptions all season for Tua. Also, he had a fifty-ish yard catch uh, throw to Tyreek Hill. Tackled at the one-yard line, so he comes pretty close to a touchdown there. Right. Um, all right, and finally, one more game. One more game. Denver and the Rams, and uh, this is just an absolute embarrassment. 31, uh, 51-14 to Rams over the Broncos. Cam Akers with 23 carries, 118 yards, and three touchdowns, plus two catches for 29 yards. Tyler Higby. I benched Tyler Higby for Harrison Butker in the Scott mm. Fishbowl in a tight end mm. premium league. And uh, he had 94 yards and two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, 200. He completed 24 of 28 passes for 230 yards and two touchdowns. And he did it without Ben Skoranek. Uh Anyway, what do you think about this game? Any believe it or not? Uh, believe it or not, I'm going to cite Tyler Higby's full season statistics without any context <laughs> and claim victory of, of him as a sleeper last, this year. I think if, when you call someone a sleeper tight end, if he gets off to even the first six games or whatever that, that were pretty damn good, I think you win. 
If you get that out of a, of a tight end, that's And then a he win. does this in the semifinals. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, we were all still starting him. <laughs> what was his start percentage? Tyler Higby is rostered in 67% of leagues, started in 28. 28. Well, I mean, just what percentage of leagues are in the semifinals? Yeah. I, <laughs> well, no, you could be started in 100% of leagues, but it just matters what the... I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a weird... Start percentage right now is pretty meaningless. Um... Is there anything to take away from the Broncos running backs? Murray had eight carries. Edmonds had six. Edmonds had two catches. Murray had one more target than him. Marlon Mack was in there too. I know that I don't think Mack had a stat until garbage time. Okay. Oh, Ed, uh, Edmonds as well. Edmonds had th- three. Ca- oh, Edmonds had four carries on the final drive of the game. Those were, right. those were almost all of his carries. Yeah, it was almost all Murray, and if they are in a competitive game, I would expect it to be almost all Murray, but they're playing at Kansas City next week, and they're the Broncos, so I think you should probably not use any of their running backs. Uh, Jerry Judy's a a star, though. There you go. Um, So Judy ends up with six catches for 117 yards on 10 targets. uh, Cortland Sutton was... He saw a lot of Ramsey. I I was trying to watch as closely as I could at the Christmas dinner, and so I apologize. I, I don't know if there was a shadow situation, but I think it may have been, really, with Ramsey on Sutton. Pretty close to it. So not a terrible game for Sutton. And Dulcich, of course, I was playing against Dulcich, and he had a, a touchdown. So four for 39 and a touchdown. Almost had a fumble, and it was not overturned. It was, he was down. So a lot of late stuff, a lot of garbage time stuff, and just a terrible game for them. It, it really, I think, embarrassing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is Russell Wilson done? Or do you th- do you think there's so- something salvageable here? There was a lot of talk on Twitter. I think if you're the Broncos, like they've guaranteed him 160 million dollars. If they cut him after next year, then they've got like 50, 40 million in dead cap. So I think you have to let Russell Wilson choose his coach and ask him who he's comfortable playing with, and make your best effort to surround him with what he wants, and hope it was Hackett. Hopefully, I, you know they don't have much other choice. Yeah, offensive line, obviously really bad, too. And if you're watching Sunday Night Football, Julio Jones just had a touchdown called back on an illegal shift. In, well, that's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks, Josh. 3-3 three to three with 9.5 left in the second quarter. That is it for the show. You know, I, saw, I told the YouTubers I'd read some chat questions, so we'll do that for a couple minutes here before we leave. So if you have any questions, uh, go for it. Tobin says fantasy football is neat. I agree with that. Yeah. And Tobin is neat. Tobin, you are neat. I like your last name, Syraki. Syraki. Wrong. Yeah. How would you? I just think you're probably wrong. I agree, but there's no way you're not going to get it right either. S i e r a c k i. <laughs> I'm not going to attempt it. There you go. I am not getting anything from the YouTube chat. You have ten seconds, and then we're ending the fun. Nine, eight. Seven, I'm gonna have some more pie. Five. I had pie tonight. It was like, mm, um, too like much. a pudding pie, like a chocolate puddingy pie. Mm, yep. I have some of that in my fridge right now. Uh, would you drop Gino from Minshew for the for the Hertz manager? Gino against the Jets. Ooh, revenge game. Yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. All right, that's it, guys. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate you all being out here tonight. Merry Christmas. We got one more week, everybody. So uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow with Beyond the Box Score. For Heath and Thomas, I'm Adam. See you.